In the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I arrived to my first open house, the first night to introduce myself as the new principal, open the door and think, what in the natural is going on here? Welcome to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. This show examines the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of a leader at that school. The content for this one-of-a-kind podcast will be the real, raw, unvarnished, unedited, and at times uncensored journal entries by the school's former principal. So get ready to lean in, learn, laugh, grow, and at times even gasp with your host, best-selling author, speaker, leadership coach, and status quo disruptor, Ken Williams. Welcome back to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Williams. This is the only leadership podcast of its kind. I kept daily journals during my time as the leader of that school. And this podcast content is driven by me reading those unfiltered, unaltered, and often uncensored journal entries. I'll go on to reflect on my practice, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and leave you with some challenges to take on and some questions to consider about your own leadership journey. Now, I already gave you some indication in the coming up teaser that we're going to run into a little bit of drama, but I don't want that to scare you off from a night like this. This is the first open house. You're coming with me. We're meeting parents for the first time, students for the first time. So please go ahead and get your aqua velva on. Get your old spice going. Put a few drops of that Natte in the bath water and let's get cleaned up. We want to go there suiting and booting, baby. That said... You didn't subscribe to this podcast to hear me drone on with this buttery baritone. You subscribe so we can get inside that journal. So let's go there. It's time for the read. Open house was last evening. What an experience. I drove home to change clothes, you know, shit, shower and shave, and then drove back to the school with great anticipation I got here like 15 minutes before open house began, and upon entering the back of the school, discovered that the entire hallway was full of classroom trash. I nearly had two strokes. I was definitely in the middle of one of those strokes as I did an APB for my three custodians, and the three of them came flying around the corner, swinging into action, looking like Spider-Man's theatrical understudies. They came around that corner like three the hard way and got the trash out of those hallways. After that, the rest of the night was all about PR work. I wanted to get a feel for the students I'd be meeting and the parents as well. I asked each student I met if they were smart. I shook hands with tons of moms and dads. I'm thinking communication must have been really poor because many of my parents didn't know that the last principal retired. Moreover, and this blew my mind, many students learned in that moment that our assistant principal wasn't our principal. So many thought he was. Staff later shared with me that their students had no idea who the principal was. They didn't recognize him on the rare occasion he walked into classrooms. And again, I'm, I'm just completely floored at the fact that his entire 33-year educational career was at this same school, out of college as a teacher, 
then as the assistant principal, and then principal. Open house ended with me calling all staff to a meeting, like three minutes before it ended in the media center. They learned what that really meant, and they were impressed. Let's start unpacking. Man, the first thing that comes to mind when I reflect on that night is this. Disrupting the status quo to change your school's narrative has a lot of moving parts. There are are a lot of moving parts. Of course, we know that moving the needle on student achievement is the primary moving part. But it's not the only moving part in some cases. And it definitely wasn't the only moving part at our school. Tonight, my reaction, <laughs> my reaction walking into that hallway was about optics. You know, so when I think about changing the narrative at your school, while you may not have walked into uh, a hallway full of trash 10 minutes before your first open house, the larger thing I want you to think about is this, you know, I I think about three types of parts. There are optics, tactics, and then of course, results, optics, tactics, and results in terms of changing the narrative of your school, disrupting the status quo. And I believe that's what the trash in the hallways was about. You know, for me, it was optics. You know, I, I, I want there to be a new day more than, if you can believe this, more than because I'm the new leader there and I want them to know who I am, but I know what the history is. I, I have a decent enough understanding that we were at school that was the gum on the bottom of your shoe. And I'm not talking about the kind of gum you look at and wonder if you can get a couple more chews out of it. I'm talking about the one that has been blackened with the dirt of walking around. We were that school. And so I wanted to change those optics on that level, as much as I wanted to, you know, establish that there's some new leadership in the house. And so I lost my damn mind when I saw that shit in the hallway. It just, I, I'm taken back there as soon as I read it. It was, it was just incredible, but you have to think about that. You know, I've also worked with schools and districts and and the coaching work I do where I walk into the school they're the poorest performing school in a district, but the school was built like five years ago and it looks absolutely spectacular. You know, so you have to figure out, you know, where, how much of an emphasis on each of those areas, optics, tactics, and results apply to your school. At my school, it was all three. I believe our school was built in the late 60s. It wasn't dilapidated. But it was dingy. I mean, that's how I put it. It, it was, it was, it was dingy. I wanted to project a different image, and I just got the feeling that the current status quo—I call it kind of a malaise—where trash in the hallways at an open house event wasn't alarming to my custodial staff. I, just as I talked about those staff members who kind of took over and from where I stood, were running the school in the absence of leadership from the principal. I don't know. I, 
I work with these same three custodians for the next couple of years. And so that evening wasn't a reflection of their best work, obviously. But my guess is it was a reflection of what had just become acceptable. Almost one of those things like, well, what else do you expect? I mean, look at the kids they serve. Look at some of the parents they have. I mean, look at their reputation. And that was just unacceptable to me. So that, that's the first thing that comes to mind is that changing the narrative has different parts. Optics tactics, which you're talking about best practices and examining every policy and practice in light of its impact on student learning, and of course, results. Now, I'm not afraid to admit that a part of my, oh, hell no, response to seeing that trash was the fact that this was my coming out party, baby. I mean, this was my cotillion. I mean, you, you understand what I mean? I mean, I went home to freshen up and I wasn't sweaty that day. I even went through the side door. I never go through the side door. The only reason I went through the side door, I'm embarrassed to admit this, it's probably a little bit arrogant. I wanted to make kind of a grand entrance. I didn't want anybody to see me coming through that front door. I wanted to hit him, hit him hard the first time. And clearly the forces of the universe were on my side because I would have, I wouldn't have seen that trash until it was way too late, until I'm walking down that hallway with students and parents perhaps. And so I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad my vanity led me to enter through that side door. As I mentioned, the rest of the evening was PR, where I'm meeting parents and students, many of whom for the first time. And it was a weird combination of awesome honeymoon energy and often just disbelief that Parents had no idea the last principal retired and students literally trying to get their heads around the fact that our assistant principal wasn't the principal. So we'll start with the parents and what might have passed that evening for a possible communication snafu, maybe letters didn't get out, whatever, whatever it was, it didn't take me long to realize that it in fact was not a snafu. This wasn't a communication hiccup. This wasn't a timing issue. This was part of that malaise, part of that acceptance of who we are and how we roll. And these are the things that would keep me up at night. I know it's an optics issue, but it, it, it would keep me up at night because it falls so in line with a stereotypical poor performing school or that school. And I was out to change that. I mean, I, you wouldn't believe this, but as I'm recording this, I have goosebumps on my forearms right now thinking about it. 15 years later. And listen, meeting students that night bordered on the comical. I mean, those of you from my generation, they were looking for Alan Funt to pop out from behind a wall with a camera and yell out, you're on candid camera. Or Aston Kutcher talking about, you just been punked. I'm telling you, they literally thought that we were playing tricks on them because our assistant principal was awesome. He walked me around meeting parents and students the entire night. And every time he introduced me, as the new principal, the student looked like, no, you're the principal. And he's like, no, 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 this is Mr. Williams. He's our new principal. I mean, that's how much our AP had to snap into survival mode. He literally became the leadership face of our school, you know, re regarding the go-to person for parents and who students perceive to be our school leader. 
it blows my mind because again, our principal, former principal spent 33 years there. So that was, that was a game of, uh, this really isn't a joke. I promise you I'm the new principal. You're going to see a lot of me. But again, this is just part and parcel of the part of our status quo that definitely needed to be disrupted. A quick word from our sponsor. Uh, Unfold the Soul is a sponsor. That's my company. I don't have any sponsors, man. This is me. But listen, I enjoy this podcast. Um, I feel more and more comfortable each week, but it doesn't pay the bills, baby. It's free. Daddy's got to eat. And I eat by helping schools and districts lean into their collective expertise and deliver on that promise of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. I coach leaders and help schools set up cultures of learning for all. I'm an expert in the PLC process. I love the messy people side of things. And so if you're interested in having a conversation about how we might be able to partner, please contact me at unfoldthesoul.com slash contact. That's unfoldthesoul.com slash contact. Questions for you to consider on your leadership journey. You may not have had an event like my shit show of an open house, but the real overarching question is, are there aspects of your school's culture? Are there aspects of the status quo that need disruption? Some of the questions we answered as a staff that I reflected on first as the leader, what is your school's current narrative? Like what, I remember asking our staff, I had our staff answer that first, and they gave me their perception of our narrative. And then I asked things like, you know, what would parents tell me if I ran into parents at the grocery store? What would they tell me? What words would they use to describe our school's culture? And then I also asked our parents about our narrative. So what is your school's current narrative? That's question one. Question two, is that the narrative you want? Is the story being told about your school the story you want told about your school? Again, I answered that individually as a leader, and we answered that collectively as a staff. And we had to answer it as a staff. By the way, no shame in my shameless plug, the name of our bestseller, myself and Tom Herc, starting a movement, building culture from the inside out. No one's going to change your story but you. The government's not going to change your story. The school board's not going to change your story. The newspapers, social media, real estate agents, no one's going to change your story but you. And it starts from within, which leads me to the third question I'd like you to consider. What is your plan for changing that narrative? My fourth and final question is about your parent community. How are they regarded? Like, what's the lens from your school regarding your parent community? How does your staff regard them? And of course, this fourth and final point can be applied to any school, but this lens is about that school. And this, that school, happens to be in an urban area. And while we definitely had some families that were doing well for themselves and other families that you know knew how to comport themselves professionally, being 95% free and reduced lunch and 95% poverty, we also had families who were struggling and by some of their own admission, we had some families with parents who weren't necessarily ready to be parents. And often, 
they kind of made a lot of those stereotypes that you hear about that school come true. You know, um, sometimes not always comporting themselves professionally when there's an issue or coming up and making a scene or showing up in curlers or a house coat or, you know, showing up smelling like weed, whatever it is, whatever the circumstances are. And, and we've experienced all those things. My question is, what is the prevailing perception of them by staff? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on what was. I'm going to give you some more insights on where I'm going. From day one, I knew part of changing our narrative and disrupting our status quo was for us to act as if. And from day one, my goal was to treat our parents like clients. And I don't mean clients in a detached and personal sense. I mean clients like you treat them well because they are the backbone of your business, that you have no business if you don't have good client relationships. I think about some of the stereotypes and perceptions of private schools where parents are writing five-figure and sometimes six-figure checks for the kids to go to school. The perception is often that when there's a concern, folks jump up quickly and work to get that thing solved because these parents are writing checks. Now, of course, we know in the public schools, parents are writing checks as well. It's called taxes. But the bottom line, there's that perception. Or even in the public school sector, when you're looking at areas for me, areas of the country or areas in your city where high-performing schools exist. And I mean truly high-performing, not the highest-performing school in your district, but they're still struggling to get 60% of their kids to achieve. I'm talking about legit high-performing. That parent population, often the perception is when somebody's got a concern, they're not, you know, you're going to get that call back within 24 hours. Well, I wanted to bring that attitude, that mindset, that lens to our school. And I don't care if they're coming in in house coats and curlers and ready to cuss somebody out. We'll work on that as well. But my vision was to greet them, take care of them, address their concerns as if they are highly valued clients. And that had to start with us. Yes, over time, fewer and fewer parents came in cussing us out and putting us, blowing us up in the front office. But we weren't gonna wait for that event to occur. We're gonna start from the beginning, treating our parents like clients regarding how well we communicate, how quickly we get back to them, communicating our mission and our vision and what part they play in helping to move that thing forward. Celebrations, milestones, all those things. Part of my leadership vision was we weren't going to wait for the quote unquote right kids and right community to start comporting ourselves like a high performing school. That was going to start on day one with our current population and the community we serve. Rick DeFore, God rest his soul, used to tell us all the time, parents send us the best kids they got. They're not keeping the good ones at home, baby, and sending you other ones as a test group. And so we've got to serve the community we have, not the one we wish for. And I wouldn't wish for any other community. And I mean that. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. I'm going to keep begging. 
I'm gonna keep begging for you to be a part of the show. Please send in questions or scenarios. I'll protect the innocent baby. I just wanna read some and get you started. Hey, let's do a quick contest. I made reference to three the hard way back during the read. I will send three Unfold the Soul laptop stickers to the first five listeners who can identify what that reference is about. Three the hard way. Send your responses to me at bless his heart Ken, K-E-N, bless his heart Ken at gmail.com. Include your name and a mailing address. And if you're among the first five to tell me where that reference comes from, I'll send you some awesome Unfold the Soul laptop stickers. If you like what you heard in this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, And most importantly, please share this podcast with others who might benefit from its content. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, all I see around me is broken fixtures, broken desks, broken chairs, a whole shed full of broken parts, broken tools, raggedy microwaves we got one microwave stacked on the other one's used for the timer and the other one is used for the waves and then you pull me into a dark room and whisper to me that we ain't broke because we look broke as a joke i'm looking forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the podcast but until then always remember that when you wake up on the right side of dirt you playing with house money baby you playing with house money You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.